From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, January 23rd. Three bills aiming to restrict gender-affirming care and gender self-identification for minors are moving swiftly through the state legislature. One prohibits a school from making changes to a student's gender identity on their records without written parental permission. Another prohibits name and gender changes on birth certificates for anyone under 18 years of age. And a third will prevent access to hormone treatment for new minor patients. It would also ban surgical procedures for transgender youth if sought as gender-affirming care. In emotional testimony before the Health and Human Services Committee last week, parents of transgender kids called gender-affirming care life-saving. Utah Drew Armstrong is the co-founder of Dragon Dads, an online community for fathers of LGBTQ plus kids. Um, our, our child was persistent, consistent, and insistent in regards to their gender identity. We spent years trying to talk them into pink stuff and gender-appropriate stuff and all kinds of things, but as they got older, we started to realize we had a really depressed young man on, on our hands, and we thought a daughter at the time. Um, we consulted with medical professionals about this depression and uh, the struggles that he was having, and um, our son started on blockers, then cross-sex hormones, and finally top surgery at 17. Absent this, these treatments, I believe the odds are that our happy, healthy 20-year-old, who will be 21 this week, Um, wouldn't be with us. Senator Michael Kennedy is sponsoring the bill to restrict hormone treatment and surgery for trans youth. He characterized his effort as protecting children and went on to say that he feels scientific studies around this issue are weak. Our country is witnessing a radical and dangerous push for children to enter this version of health care. We as a legislature must stand up and push back to protect the future, to protect our children. Utah's bills reflect a nationwide increase in anti-transgender legislation. According to our partners at UPR, 20 states have proposed a total of over 90 anti-trans bills since the beginning of the year. They most commonly relate to restricting youth health care, school curricula, and youth athletics. Equality Utah and ACLU Utah will host a rally tomorrow for trans kids at the state capitol. In one of his last decisions, former Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez vetoed a bill for helium extraction. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis has more. The Navajo Nation Council approved the extraction of helium at two sites in Arizona and New Mexico on December 29. Activists lobbied President Nez to oppose the bill, and he issued the veto on January 9th, his last day in office. Helium comes from uranium decaying deep in the earth. Helium then rises and is trapped in pockets close to the surface. The legislation would have allowed companies to drill helium wells some five or 6,000 feet deep. But activists are concerned about the history of uranium mining on tribal land, which left behind cancer and other health consequences that are still being felt by Navajo people. Eloise Brown is with the group Daughter No Helium. Uranium kills people. Helium is from rotten and decayed uranium. So my message was, are we that stupid? Are we crazy to allow helium after all our relatives have passed on from uranium exposure? The two companies that want to extract helium insist that no uranium will contaminate the environment. A spokesman for Navajo Nation Oil and Gas says rich reserves of helium in the region could lead to a windfall for the tribe, 
an estimated $100 million in royalties over 7 to 10 years. In the coming months, these companies will lobby newly elected government officials. Activists have vowed to fight the projects. I'm Clark Adamitis. Across the West, bighorn sheep are at risk of catching pneumonia. The illness can kill off herds and throw off entire ecosystems. Wyoming researchers are currently monitoring a Jackson herd, and they're taking to the air to look after the health of the sheep. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Hannah Mersbach reports. A helicopter flies above the snowy open hills in the Grovant Wilderness in Teton County. Researchers like Allison Cordemanch are capturing big horned sheep. This time of year, they should be in their best body condition coming out of the summer and the fall. She's one of the many researchers with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department out here on this frigid winter morning. Pilots are tracking down nearby sheep, which have GPS collars. Crew shoot down a net, and one member called a mugger jumps out of the helicopter, binds a bighorn's legs together, and blindfolds it. Cordemanche says this keeps the sheep relatively calm as it dangles on a rope below the helicopter. It's flown back to the researchers in hills nearby, where they take measurements before releasing the sheep back to the wild. So we're looking at the amount of fat that they have on their body to get an idea of how well they did through the summer. Cordemanche and other biologists gather this data before and after the winter, to see how the habitat is impacting the Jackson herd. 6'11", 34'30". First we put it on the scale so we can get body weight and then bring it over to be processed on the mat. That's Ben Regan, a research scientist holding down one of the squirming female sheep. And we start off by getting a temperature and that way we can see if the sheep is hot, if the, if the chase time might have been a little bit longer. As the helicopter flies overhead, Regan uses an ultrasound to measure fat on the sheep. Then, he checks to see if she's lactating, to see if she has a lamb. Next comes the tonsil and nasal swabs. Basically, we're able to look at what pathogens they have that might possibly lead to uh, pneumonia, which is a big disease that affects wild sheep in the West. There used to be about 2 million bighorn sheep in North America. The National Wildlife Federation says now there are less than 100,000 of them. Cordemanche says this is largely due to pneumonia, which was introduced by domestic sheep. Wildlife scientist Kevin Monteith is with the University of Wyoming. He says die-offs from pneumonia happen when the population is reaching its carrying capacity in the local habitat. When we reach those, those high levels of abundance, that can be tied to animals that are competing for food, which means poor nutritional condition, which means kind of one more layer that they're contending with when you add their efforts to contend with pathogens at the same time. The last herd die-off was a decade ago, and the researchers worry it's due for another. Recently, the herd had over 500 sheep, a high for the group. So, in the fall, the Game and Fish Department issued limited hunting permits for the female sheep for the first time. Researchers predict that by reducing the population, the herd will become healthier with more food to go around, and they'll be able to fight off the illness. And so this population is very large right now. It's near that historic abundance where we often see those those crashes. And so we've been sort of waiting, wondering if we're going to see it and if we're going to actually observe that. At the recent Jackson capture, the researchers didn't sound the alarm, but they are seeing red flags. More lambs have been dying of pneumonia, 
and the sheep have slightly lower levels of body fat, which has been on the decline for the last few years. Monteith says it's still too soon to know if reducing the herd has had any impact. The reality is it just simply takes time. But this herd is thriving compared to another group of bighorns that traverses cliffs nearby in the Tetons. Those sheep have received heightened attention in recent years as development restricts migration patterns, which some environmentalists say is threatening their health. Allison Cordemanche with the Game and Fish Department manages both the Jackson and the Teton herd. You have one herd that's almost doing too well and that we need to kind of reduce the population numbers. And then we have another herd like the Tetons that's struggling and not doing very well. So we do very different management depending on, you know, what's going on with that specific population. Researchers will reassess the population of the Jackson herd in February and then decide if they should issue even more hunting permits. But today, the captured bighorn sheep get to return to the wild. So we're about to release them back onto the hillside. The biologists carry a female sheep over to the nearby hill, remove her blindfold, and untie her legs. And within a few seconds, she takes off through the snow, ready to brave the winter ahead. Hannah Mersbach, KHOL News. That story from KHOL was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, January 23rd. Before we go today, dear listener, we have our own news. We are hiring. That's right, KZMU News is looking to fill the position of full-time reporter. The intrepid Justin Higginbottom is currently in northern Thailand with the intention of staying there to create a podcast about the conflicts in Myanmar. We'll hopefully hear from him soon on how that's going. So, dear listener, we are looking to fill those reporter's shoes. Head to kzmu.org for details on this job opportunity and how to apply. 